Sports Chacha everybody. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the Champions League quarterfinals first leg, Zidane's tactical masterclass and the fact that no one cares about Porto Chelsea. We will also discuss weekend's EPL fixtures, pressing things like is Ronaldo turning into a grumpy old guy and trivial stuff like Inter being favourites to win the Serie A after just 11 years. Alright, let's go! So we have Ishan with us. Ishan, say hi. Hello. Ishan is a self-proclaimed Real Madrid fan and he also a closet Manchester United fan. And I am Bala here. I am Barcelona fan and a closet. Why are you not fan. a self-proclaimed Barca fan? I am a self-proclaimed Barca fan and a self-proclaimed Liverpool fan. <laughs> Uh, lots to talk about. A lot of things happened in football over the last couple of weeks. But there's only one place to begin, which is the most important derby in the history of football. Yes, let's start with El Clasico. And we can see Ishan already pumping his fist. We can see why Ishan is really happy. It was a great game. I missed it. After Cruz scored the second goal, I stopped watching. But looks like I missed a great second half, especially the last 10 minutes. So Ishan, since you watched the complete game, quickly tell us what happened, what went right, what went wrong. First of all, vamos. <laughs> it's been a really long time since we've done the double over Barcelona. Yeah. Since 2007-2008, apparently. Yeah. I think it was one of the best classicos we've seen in years. And what made it even more amazing that was that Messi was almost irrelevant in the game and it still turned out to be quite a great game. So, without... Messi, Ramos, all the big names that you normally associate with the Classico, they weren't there. But it was such a brilliant game. The first half, uh, it was a tactical masterclass by Zidane, who we all undervalue as a tactical manager. We all think he's just a motivation speaker. Uh, but I think he's proven himself to be a, one of the great managers of our times. Uh, but the second half was when Barcelona changed up their formation, they realized their mistake. Kuman realized what his mistakes were. He tried packing up the midfield in the first half. It didn't work because the wings were left exposed and Vinicius versus Dest was only going one way. So what he did was he went back to a foreign defense formation, you know, opened up the midfield uh, sort of. And what that did was gave De Jong uh, and Messi more room to play coming out of the back from the midfield. And that made all the difference. Uh, the weather, uh, I cannot, if you guys have seen the highlights, the weather was absolutely ridiculous. And what made it even in, more incredible for Barcelona was the the rain was coming towards their face and it was almost flat. And they still managed to conjure up attack after attack in the second half. It really was a great game. Madrid had a lot of chances. They could have put the match to rest in the second half. They had clear-cut chances. It could have been, you know, about six goals for Madrid. But, you know, they held up. And in the last five minutes, meaning that I I almost I was almost under the bed watching the game because I just couldn't deal with the pressure. Um, you know, I was telling one of my friends that, you know, how it's amazing how Casemiro gets away with, you know, fouls and he's never been red carded in his career. And literally one minute after that, he got red carded, meaning I feel so sorry for him because I jinxed it. But in the last second of the game, the last kick, Ter Stegen comes forward. There's a, there's a you know cross coming into the box. Uh, what there's a new kid on the block. I forget his name. Pressure. 
I forget uh, his name. Moriba, Iraq's Moriba. Ah, uh, Iraq's, and he half volleys a shot straight onto the crossbar. No chance for Kotwa. It rebounds back to Dustagen. He misses his kick. He misses his kick again, and then some. And then somebody skies the ball, and that's the end of the game. I think that for me is the most dramatic. Meaning, obviously, it doesn't beat Messi's last-minute goal a couple of years ago with his famous celebration, but. Contextually, in the frame of how the league is going, this was one of the big results for Real Madrid, and also quite a dampener for Barcelona because they've had an absolute spectacular 2021. They've been undefeated, uh, and this probably puts a little bit of a roadblock in their, uh, uh, you know, journey to becoming uh, La Liga winners this year. But I won't, I won't call it a, you know. A game set and match for them. There still is a lot of games. Eight games left. Atletico are screwing up big time. So it's going to be between Barcelona and Real Madrid. Real Madrid with their injuries might screw up as well. And there is the Barca versus Atletico match in hand. So a lot, lots to play for in La Liga. It's probably one of the most exciting seasons we've seen in La Liga. So yeah, great result. But I don't think you should be so disheartened as well. It Barcelona are a really strong team, much better than what we thought they would be. Uh, how looking out at how the season started? See, whenever we you say that, I feel disheartened. I'll just go back six months before, because six months before, no one even thought that Barca would finish in top four. Now they are one point away exactly. from the top. So on that front, I'm actually happy. But as you and said, I would actually sorry, just to in, I would want to give all the credit for this to Kuman and not Messi this time. You know, it's always been Messi has turned Barcelona around, but it's Kuman's. Strategy, the players like he really got the best out of De Jong. We knew he would. He managed him in the national team, but De Jong, even Griezmann, but Dembele, mm-hmm. uh, literally a you know guy Barcelona wanted to offload last season to get Neymar. Uh, he's become a regular starter. Touchwood, he's not had any injuries. Yes, he gives away the ball a lot, but I think he's been a real uh, you know he's been a comebacker, comebacker of the year for Barcelona. As you said, first half, I think Kuman got it a little wrong. I was a little surprised to see Dembele up front because he's not your traditional number nine who's yeah. going to hold the ball and let the other others run after him. That's that's not going to happen with Dembele, and that's why I think a difference was also like one side you had Dembele, other side you had Benzema. Like who is yeah. who is probably play the best football of his life if I'm not wrong. He's amazing. Yeah. That finish. Oh wow! What a finish, man! Uh, that unbelievable exudes confidence. Amazing, amazing, and good to see that Kuman changed in the second half. So he started with that three-four-two-one kind of formation. Then he went yeah. back to the traditional four-three-three, as you pointed out, which gave Messi and De Jong more place to more space to play with. Uh, but this game again shows the quality of players Real Madrid have. Rather than yes, Zidane is a good tactician and everything, but the trust he has on that core group of players is his core group of players: your Casemiro's, your yeah. Cruz, Modric, Benzema. All these players came; they showed their class, and that pretty much created the difference in the game. I mean, the two goals, Benzema and uh, Cruz. Dest, I don't know what yeah. he was doing for the second goal. Uh, he was not in the wall. He was standing right in front of the stadium. He was turning his back. He He's American. He thought he was. It was a NFL uh, <laughs> kick. 
ரைட் <laughs> <laughs> but what i also want to give credit to uh, for uh, you know kuman is when what happens what we've seen in the past is that when barcelona starts trailing messi falls back way too much right he falls back almost beyond the halfway line to get the ball and start playing but what the addition of players like pedri has done is that they do that passing that iniesta incisive passing which messi would have had to do if he was ahead and that has given them a little more options yes they still run out of ideas under pressure uh, but that's going to happen with time there needs to be some patience so just a small observation i noticed uh, so what happens to the race now i mean it's pretty tight no one can guess what's going to happen it's good for the viewers it's good for the fans yeah. to see a closely fought uh, la liga race what since 2013 14 this is probably the yeah. most the one which atletico won in last the last time, day in fact since the last time atletico won the league because yeah. i remember uh, barcelona had a chance uh, in the last game of the season as well it was barca uh, it was atletico the, the last that. game the last game was barca yeah, it, atletico barca yeah. scored the first goal and barca was leading and then atletico scored the equalizer which made atletico win the league i mean that was yeah so i think it's going to go down to that match again then that's the only big game left for these two teams i mean there are other games but this is the most important game i was just going through real madrid's run the last eight i can see sevilla probably the toughest there is athletic club away i'm not sure how tough it is but the problem with real madrid is they have games against hetafe cadiz these are the teams they have screwed up against this season so but also don't forget we are still in the champions league and we may move forward and the thing is that we lit- literally have no players that's the vasquez is also we've lost vasquez out of out for the season uh we've got nacho suspended for the next game and the next games against getafe we've got casemiro suspended because of the red card uh we don't know when ramos is not going to be there we don't know if varane will oh, get over his covid protocol so we are literally short like of players so that might actually you know we've done a lot in, our, in terms of us self believe but it might catch up to us just the lack of players and fatigue because in the second half at the end of the game madrid were clearly exhausted they just because you've had liverpool then you have barcelona and you have liverpool again so it's just a little i think it might catch up to them let's see hopefully the race heats up as we move on now since you talk about champions league let's go there actually so you have the four quarter finals the yeah. one quarter final which we thought won't be a match actually turned out to be what we expected porto chelsea pretty much seems like yeah. one way chelsea seems to have wrapped yeah. it up unless they absolutely screwed up like they did against west brom unless they do a west brom exactly uh but otherwise the remaining three i would say you still have some chance i mean city dortmund we don't know it depends on how yeah. pep guardiola screws up overthinks and screws up Uh, yeah. but liverpool madrid advantage madrid but i still think liverpool has a chance what do you say 
I definitely think Liverpool has a chance. Uh, uh, I've been a little disappointed with Klopp's attitude this season. Uh, it's very unlike him because he's one of my favorite managers and he's always been the guy who rises above a situation and find, looks at the bigger picture. But he was a bit childish after the game, you know, talking about how the Di Stefano, Alfredo Di Stefano Stadium is like a training ground. You know, you know players are not used to it. Blah, blah, blah. But Meaning it was unnecessary chatter or banter, I don't know, but whatever. Anfield is a different ground without the fans, right? And Real Madrid know that. And we've seen Real Madrid, they're far more experienced in crunch situations than what a Barcelona were a couple of years ago uh, against Liverpool at Anfield, right? But I will not discount Liverpool's front three uh, with a weaker defence if they get their act together, if Fabinho has a great game in midfield, if he keeps the three midfielders silent, uh, Liverpool have a chance. Remember, they just need to score two goals and not concede. The not concede is the challenge for Liverpool, not the goals, I feel. And that will be the difference. If Liverpool manage to avoid conceding, I think they have a great chance of going through. It's going to be tough, but if there's any club I would bet on, other than Bayern Munich, to get this comeback done, I think it would be Liverpool. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great game. Let's talk about the big game. Probably the biggest game of this quarterfinal draw, and probably the most exciting game also. It was a brilliant yeah, bloody game. biggest game for us in Liverpool Madrid. No, I, I agree. Biggest game for Liverpool Madrid. <laughs> but when it comes to the current quality of the team and the current yeah. quality of players, Bayern PSG last yeah, year's finalists exactly. And Bayern, as you said, like Madrid, they don't have Lewandowski. They didn't have Nabri. And I was surprised to see Alfonso Davis not starting, especially True. against Neymar and Mbappe. Anyways, he corrected that later, but still. But I, I, I know why, I probably know why Flick did that because if you look at Pavard, Pavard is a better defender than Davis, right? And they knew with PSG, they're anyway going to get a lot of space to attack. So Davis would have just provided another option which they already had. So I think he just wanted to solidify that wing. Because, you know, Mbappe and Neymar could overrun them, which they did anyway. Uh, because their biggest weakness actually is their central defenders. Uh, Nicholas Sule is having a crappy season. Jerome Boateng, we know when it matters in the Champions League, trips and falls. Uh, and in this case, the ball went between his legs to score through an Mbappe shot, right? So that is their biggest weakness. But still, you know, I still feel that you know, they're just way too strong in terms of, as a whole unit, uh, than PSG and they might, they'll go through. What do you think? No, I would think PSG has a chance because Komen is also injured. I think Kingsley Komen is also injured. Oh, Komen's out? Komen's yeah, out of the game? The weekend, during the weekend game, the Bundesliga game, he was uh, subbed during halftime. He uh, limped off. Okay. So, that's a concern. Even the new kid, Musiala. Even he was uh, limping off, apparently. So, bro, Bayern have Chupo moting, bro. I don't know. <laughs> what a career, man. I can't believe. This From Stoke City, PSG, to you, uh, Bayern. And to Bayern now. It's ridiculous. What a career. This agent has to be the best agent ever. He ends up scoring, man. Like, it's yeah. it's crazy. So, But I still think without Lewandowski, I think it's, as you said, there is, PSG do have a shoe in But, you know, it goes down to Neymar's mood on that day. Uh, if Neymar decides to be Neymar 
uh, then PSG are winning it. No doubt about it. This like he was in the about, mood in the first leg. This is what is about Neymar. Like when he's in mood, right? He is superb to watch. He's unplayable. The pass yeah. for the first goal was brilliant. The only problem with Neymar is consistency, and when he's in mood, that half of the time he's not in the mood actually. So when yeah. he's in mood, he's brilliant. But there is one other player from PSG who I want to give immense credit is Kylian Navas. Oh wow, he oh yeah was brilliant. He made some two three amazing saves. I see whenever this discussion of who's the best goalkeeper comes in, right? It's it's a little this disappointing to see Kylian Navas' name not being there in top three. He is a tremendous goalkeeper. I don't know why he's got the credentials. He's got more Champions League than a lot of goalkeepers yeah. out there. You know, which goalkeeper in, say, the 90s or early 2000s reminds you of being one of the best but never valued? I think Jersey Dudek, for me, in his prime for Liverpool, was one of the best goalkeepers. But because there was the Buffons and the Casillas, he was never looked at. Dudek was the under, like, behind the lines, doing his job. And I think that's what you need from a keeper. Just do your job. I think he was doing it really well, but he was never valued. So, yeah. Also, obviously, Taylor Navas is another level of Jersey Dudek. No, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying. So, yeah, pretty interesting second leg lined up. So, quick predictions. Porto-Chelsea, I think we both can agree Chelsea going through. Chelsea. Liverpool-Madrid, I am going to go still with Madrid. I have a feeling that Madrid will still... It will be a tight game. But I think Madrid will edge. It won't be an easy game. I am forever the game. pessimist. I always believe something is going to collapse around Madrid. And I have lived my Madrid fandom for the last 15 years like that. Uh, but I still feel Madrid because they're gonna, they still have that big advantage. So Madrid for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man City, Dortmund? I would say Dortmund. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Dortmund. Yeah, you know, I want Dortmund to win, but we'll see. And Bayern PSG? Bayern. I'm going with PSG. I know you want to say PSG. Yeah, I'm going with PSG. We'll see. We'll see. But really, but I want PSG to win. I want PSG to win. I want Bayern out. It's one headache off my head if we get through. Uh, for me, like, bus ho gaya. Bus. Abhi band karo. Bus ho gaya. Bus. They are going to win the Bundesliga anyways. So, bus ho gaya. Uh, do you think it's going to be Zidane's last season at Real Madrid? Because he's been flirting with Juventus quite a bit. Uh, Del Piero had asked him, what is your, you know, on ESPN. And he said, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite clubs. It's my, you know, I love it. He's been flirting a lot more than he usually does. Uh, do you think it's his last season? Quick, quick thought on that. Uh, since you are on that topic, we can actually quick, quickly jump into Serie A also. Which brings into picture what's going to happen with Pierlo. Like if Zidane is going yeah. to move to Juventus, what's going to happen with Pierlo? What I believe is if Pierlo manages to take Juventus to top four, I think Juventus will still give Pierlo at least one more season. So I won't think this will be the last season for Zidane. Hopefully the penultimate season. It depends on what happens with Juventus. And Juventus actually, after their Champions League disappointment, they did well in the last two games in Serie A. They did defeat yeah. Napoli, which was an important game. And Pirlo actually saved his job, I have to say, by winning that game. Yeah. He was he was on the brink of getting sacked. It was a great game. I watched that game very close. And the one who came in and made that difference was 
the one the the bad boy of Juventus I would say Paolo <laughs> Dybala <laughs> brilliant goal oh did you see the goal oh was it no I have not seen it I've been typical Dybala goal on the right side of the post with his left foot curling inside it was a yeah, it's it was a, a typical far, Dybala goal typical Dybala goal it was a brilliant goal it was a great game and the first goal was a typical Ronaldo goal find space inside the box there's no one's around the ball comes to him simply puts it in like but he's become the angry angry old man of juventus you know he's been just losing his temper quite often i don't think he's used to being fighting for champions league places for the, at least the more, majority of his career so i think it's just realization but i also feel zidane uh, has his eyes on france as well that is his ultimate goal and it would depend on how deschamps does in the euros uh, because he really i think just for benzema's sake he wants to run france like manage france and give benzema that one game <laughs> don't you think it's too early i mean you people usually take uh, national jobs when they are past 55 60 when they have done everything in the club level but it's zidane he has already won everything at the club level actually that's also true <laughs> and he won, won them a world cup and so. almost won the second world cup by himself almost exactly he won them a world cup and a euro so but you're right there are we historically we've seen uh, mid like 20 year experienced managers but then you know you know flick might manage germany as well so we don't know so concluding the serie let's talk about inter milan wow like wow in scotland celtic won nine leagues back to back 10th one they faltered juventus won nine back to back 10th one they faltered so that means next year Bayern is not going to win the Bundesliga. Someone else is going to win the Bundesliga. <laughs> That's Bayern needs some controversy to happen for that to happen because Bayern have average seasons, but everyone just has bad seasons. Then, like this year on the in the league, they've not had a great season. They've not been their swashbuckling selves, but everyone else is losing. Like Dortmund keep losing. I don't understand how a few games they lose. So but, yeah, coming back to Inter Milan. So they still yeah, have to Conte, man. Conte has done a great job. Relentless. And what they will do now? They have eight games, and in that eight games, they have a game against Napoli. They have a game against Juventus. So those two are probably the biggest games that is left over for them. Let me just look at their run. They have Napoli. They have Juventus. They have Roma. Probably the three most important game or the three biggest games. Yeah, so even if they lose all of it, they still have enough room. Yeah. Like. but the but what i'm saying is that the form they are in i don't i won't bet against them winning those games as well and they are going to win 1-0 it's going to be a series of 1-0s yeah. in the next eight games they're going to wrap it up good good for them yeah, good look for at the Conte. last game who scored darmian darmian <laughs> like united don't even remember if he played for their club and he was assisted by hakimi like it's two wing backs left backs and right back combining to score a goal and that's how they're winning inter league to lose premier league alumni club it is they shouldn't get in touch with atletico madrid though it might uh... <laughs> wow what what bottle jobs man i know i'm going back to uh, la liga but what bottle they're the south africa of south africa of football this this year i credit the both of us ever since we said the league is done they started screwing up <laughs> All right. So since we are done with Syria, let's move on to EPL, Gharka yeah. League. Going back to the weekend game, did you see the Tottenham United game? Yes. So what do you think about the controversy? I mean, see, 
we all know Mourinho Shitauzi. We have seen it over the last fifteen years. Yeah. We know. I was I was surprised to see why Ole is getting into it. Yeah, but look, you are a nice guy. You are a great guy. You are a great manager. Why are you getting into that fight? Don't do that. No. I think Ole, who jo, uska predecessor pe, you know, he has that I'm better than you kind of masala he wanted to just put in. I think. Uh, but I think he was also frustrated, right? They had a goal disallowed, and that could have been proved really costly due to Son's, I mean, apparent injury. I think that was it. But the match eventually worked out for them. Tottenham again. I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. Do you see Kane leaving? Definitely, he wants to leave. But the question is whether Daniel Levy is going to sell him. What kind of money he is going to demand? And see, who can afford only, him? Yeah, who can afford him? So the only point where I can see Kane going is. He he he's definitely not going to leave EPL. There is no other club outside EPL that's going to afford him. So it's going to be either your Man City's or your Chelsea maybe or maybe United. Chelsea, I'm not sure whether he'll go because of Tottenham connection. So it's yeah. going to be either United or City, and that also depends on who is not going to get Haaland. Both of them are going to go for Haaland. So who is not going to get Haaland? They might probably consider Kane as their backup option. Now since we're talking about backup. But see, he's twenty-seven, twenty-eight. So yeah. he feels I mean, like he's thirty-five, though. Always throughout his career, I always feel he's like really old, and somehow he's like poacher's goal. But he's young. He's a young yeah. guy. I and think City a, have a shoe in for him because mm-hmm. they are going to have to replace Aguero, uh, and they might get uh, because they have to renew both De Bruyne and Sterling's contracts, and they will charge quite a huge pay rise, right? Because they deserve it. So, with that in mind, they might not be able to afford Haaland. So, I think Kane is a better option to replace Aguero. That's my opinion. But you know, you never know with City. They might let go five defenders to get Haaland, <laughs> and then buy fifteen defenders the year after. So, you know, it's, that's how they roll. <laughs> Since we are talking about Tottenham's great player, let's talk about the Tottenham's manager also. Do you think Mourinho is done? You know, I love the guy. I have a certain amount of loyalty towards him because he managed two of my like clubs. I'm really fond of Inter Milan and obviously Real Madrid. I don't know. I think he the his the his nature of having conflicts uh, with either the media, the you know the press, the I mean the club, the players. To basically his always his attempt was always to motivate them, like get angry with me, make me the villain so that you do better. It worked in big ego clubs like an Inter Milan, where you had Matarazzi and you had the Ramoses of the world and Ronaldo's, right? Where they are like, "Who the hell are you to tell me, you know, I'm bad?" But it doesn't work in English clubs because English clubs are, as you said, gharkali, homely. However big you are, they are a fa- they are family oriented, right? Like, hat hat se milo, kisi ke baare bura mat bolo, kharaab lagega type. Like I can't imagine a situation where he goes to Kane and says, "What the hell are you doing? Um, Iniacho is better than you," and that would motivate Kane. It would actually dishearten him. And I think that's what happening at Spurs, where where his his strategy of riling players to do better is becoming counterproductive right now, and they are now just turning against him. Because if you see how Tottenham play, they play exactly like a Mourinho club, but they're just not doing a good job at it. I think that's what's the Problem with Mourinho. It's not his tactics are outdated. It's the club. He's at the wrong club for a Mourinho kind of personality. I feel. See, what I feel is the remark he made uh, after the last week's game. He said, "Same coach, different players." What I feel with Mourinho is 
his methods haven't changed what he did 15 years back he's doing the same thing now but what he has failed to understand is the players have changed you have a new generation of players who needs a different kind of motivation who needs like a clock kind of motivation who will come and hug you who will put his hand around his shoulders pochettino clock pep those kind of even zidane for that matter zidane is a wonderful man manager you will see him talking to his players players responding to him so the players have changed the profile of players have changed so the coach evolve i believe mourinho is still that feels but tell me school. tell me bala to be honest levy got mourinho to be mourinho right not to adapt to what spurs should be so who is at fault in terms of hiring like because i agree with your point mourinho it's up to mourinho to update the times and go ahead with the go on move on with the times and you know change his philosophy of how to deal with players and strategy etc but levy got mourinho knowing exactly who mourinho is but actually if you see during mourinho's first press conference after he was made tottenham's manager he was like i'm the new person so i but if you know mourinho you you know he's faffing bro that's true first interviews if you've seen at any of the clubs are probably the greatest interviews of that club's history you know i remember the one when he was announced at inter milan after just winning the champions league and he it was like a dawn because he was just like this slick back hair and everyone just fell in love with him after that first interview they thought he was some new mafioso joining the club so he's known for it but you're right meaning it's a bit of this and that he had to he has to learn how to adjust but i feel his time is up to get a big club exactly even i even i feel it. I, i don't think he's going to at least not in epl he's going to manage a big club maybe he can go to france or he can go to germany or he can go to no, i don't see it happening i I'm, the only thing i see happening for him in terms of a growth uh, is probably managing portugal that's also true uh, but not a big club big club if you're looking at the elite eight of europe i don't see that happening anytime soon yeah elite eight even i don't think i i'm still thinking he might go to let's say italy maybe an ac milan or an napoli i don't know but definitely not in england definitely ac not probably not he's too loyal to inter he might not never do ac Anyways, I think he wants to go. To, he'll always go to an untapped league. So I think France, as you said, would be one of the options. All right, let's talk about the top four race in uh, EPL and the surprise package. David Moyes' West Ham. Wow, wow. Jesse, Jesse what Lingard. Football? Jesse Lingard. What happened to him? <laughs> what? But I am just amazed at the quality of football being played at West Ham. It is. so not david moyes it's almost like they've said david moyes you shut up we know how to play because it's so not his strategy it is unbelievable jesse lingard you know yesterday i was watching a youtube where they were debating if he is the greatest loan ever to have happened he's actually shown what he is capable of but not this is not a dig at him i've always believed that he is a mid to small club mentality kind of player he'll be the best player at a west ham but he may not be able to do it at a united or a city or any big club so i think he's just doing what he's capable of doing and he's doing it really well he's a good backup he's a good squad player in a club like a united or a big club but he, as you said he's a best player will will be a best player in a mid mid table club like a west ham or leicesters those kind of yeah. he'll be the best player but really but declan he, rice is having a what a season declan rice but he's going to move out for sure next year uh probably to united i feel uh they might have him as part of like take lingard permanent 
because I don't see Lingard coming back to United and starting however good this season is for him. I think United have moved on from him. Ole has moved on and if Ole stays, I don't think Lingard... It's almost like Ceballos for Zidane. There's no chance of him coming back, right? But do you think they can retain the top four spot? Because I was looking at Liverpool's run-in. It's really easy. Like if Liverpool just be Liverpool, normal Liverpool, not extravagant Liverpool, they'll be top four. West Ham's running, right? They have Chelsea, which is a big game. And then yeah. they have Everton, a relatively big game. Apart from that, they have Southampton, West Brom, Brighton, Burnley. I believe they should... This is West Ham you're talking about. The legendary <laughs> bottlers of English football. They are the greatest club in English football to have never done shit. So <laughs> That's true. They're so big. They're actually really a big club. Like... They're a massive club. Have you seen yeah. their stadium also? They have a lot of money yeah. as well. So, I don't think they will finish in top four. They might falter in the end. And as you rightly pointed out, Liverpool has a much, much more favourable run-in towards the last eight. I mean, they have, I think, West Brom, Fulham. I mean, they still have United. Liverpool still have to go to uh, Old Trafford. That is probably the only tough game, quote-unquote tough game. Otherwise, they have Fulham, they have West Brom. The point is, they did lose points to Fulham, West Brom, Newcastle, yeah. and all those teams. But we'll see. We'll see how Liverpool will come up. I still Chelsea think- also, I feel, might should get into the top four, at least third. Uh, because, you know, other than the West Brom game, if you don't include that, they've been really consistent defensively this season. Uh, and and so- they have a massive squad. They have a massive squad. All fully fixed. Very underused squad also underused at squad. the scale. Like we could do with some players. Tammy Abraham is out of the squad. He's not Levin. Out of the squad. <laughs> but their greatest ever striker never to be Timo Werner. How many goals has he scored this season? I think it's his first and last season at Chelsea for sure. They're yeah. going to cash it out. Some news I saw that they're also going in for Haaland. So then I see Werner going back to Germany then if that's happening. That's possible. Or he may come to Liverpool for a cheaper rate. Like a Torres? <laughs> yeah. I, like the Reverse Torres. Reverse, reverse Torres. <laughs> what do you think? So, Leicester City, will they falter like no. last season? I think it's going to be City, United, Chelsea and Liverpool is going to be my top four. Yeah, even I'm uh, thinking the same. Even I'm thinking the same. I would say uh, West Ham will just miss out on the top four and be fifth. So, they might get the Europa spot. Uh, which they deserve thoroughly. They de- truly deserve a Euro- European football next season with the way they played. So it, I'll be really upset if they do not. But uh, Leicester, you know, Leicester at the at the death have always, you know, up their game. Their results suddenly they start winning everything. Uh, they might play spoil sport to uh, so at least the European place, not to the top four probably. So Leicester's running right. They have. Fairly easy. Like there is West Brom, there is Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle. Oh, the last three games: United, Chelsea, Tottenham. Their last three. Oh games. my days! Oh, <laughs> hey. But see, if the top three is decided by then, right? You're gonna see United and Chelsea shuffling their squads. So because they're they're already mentally up for the next season, they're out of Europe. Sorry, Chelsea might still be in Europe. Uh, we don't know. So they might definitely shuffle their squad. So. Leicester could probably capitalize on that. But yeah, it's still tough games. So we both are agreeing City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to happen. Especially say if Liverpool get knocked out tomorrow, 
this is going to be their sole focus. All squads, everything aligned to one thing. If they go ahead in Europe, you never know because <clears throat> Liverpool is a big club. Champions League will be important. Uh, so, lots to play. Like tomorrow will be a decider if uh, Liverpool are a shoe in for top four or they it'll be they will be top four. You know. In many cases, this feels like a 2013-14 season. A La Liga being very close, where all three yeah. teams are vying for the top place. And with respect to Spurs, you are definitely going to see some uh, big players leaving the club by the end of this yeah. season. I still think Kane is going to leave. Bale is going back to Real Madrid. And I still oh, think... I forgot about him coming back. Also, if we can get him back now for the Champions League, it will be good for us though. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This is something we have been wanting to do for a while and we are extremely glad that we could do this finally. I think both of us have just been looking out for an outlet to talk about how much we love sports. And we've never had it. We've never been around people who cherish or understand our level of passion so much. So I think it's more than anything is just for both of us to chat with each other and just, you know, blurt out all of whatever we feel about sports. And, you know, our aim is that there are many more people like this around the world, around this, around India, who would relate to it. And eventually we want to get you guys as well onto this forum and have your thoughts and your comments on what we think. And that's our eventual aim. And it's just a passion project. So hope you guys enjoy it. Just to round off one final point, IPL has started. I don't give a shit. I've not (laughs) seen a single game. (laughs) I saw yesterday's game. So hopefully we'll do one quick episode on IPL if possible. We'll do it because I still rely on Hotstar to do a highlight. So I watched the game only after it's done. Uh, yesterday's game was a cracker. Uh, I think we sh- we should have a segue podcast for the IPL after uh, one round is done because it makes more sense and we'll keep it light. All right. So we'll uh, see you everyone next week. Until then, have a great time. Bye-bye. Have a great time, guys. And all the best if your teams are in the Champions League tomorrow, tonight and day after tomorrow. So, all the best, guys. Bye.